So thank you for letting me interview you. As you know, the studies about maverick approaches to business. How can you define a maverick, Boris? Uh, it's the code name for uh, Apple's most recent operating system, um, which they conveniently also uh, dropped the price of that operating system to zero. Um, whereas Microsoft just still charges three to four hundred dollars for a copy of Windows. That's interesting. Um, so I think part of it is um, thinking differently. Mm -hmm. um, and um, a phrase that uh, my business partner Lance and I use a lot is that we're actually looking for uh, new mistakes to make. So what that means is um, we've made mistakes before and we've hopefully learned from them and we don't want to make the same mistakes. On the other hand, we're not being constrained by, oh, this hasn't been done before. Let's, like, let's only do something that only has been done before. Um, so I think that's, that's okay. about it. Why do you think you're a maverick? Um, because I'm looking to make new mistakes. Uh, um, when you say things like prevailing wisdom or conventional wisdom, um, then you're, you're stuck into a model of the context of when that prevailing wisdom uh, arose. Um, how do you know when something that was a best practice is no longer a best practice? Um, you don't without trying new things. I am uncomfortable with self-describing myself as a maverick, but as I've just defined, because def mm -hmm. I think it's perceived possibly differently, I have a picture literally of a cowboy in my head. Um, and, uh, and yet at the same time, uh, I think that probably accurately describes uh, that I am always actually trying to do things differently or in a different way, hoping to discover new best practices around the, the way, and I'm not necessarily waiting to follow someone else's path. Okay. The London School of Economics developed a maverickism scale. I'm going to give you seven statements, and you just need to say, true, false, can't decide. People tell me that I'm a maverick. Uh, true. I have a knack for getting things right when least expected. True. I have a way of solving problems which is different from other people. True. I'm much more productive than other people. True. I have very unusual talents. Can't decide. I'm generally underestimated by people. Uh, can't decide. I do things differently and better than most people when I work. True. Why do you do things differently, Boris? Um, I have come to terms with imposter syndrome mm -hmm. and the general rate of stay, uh, rate of change uh, of the world today. Um, and so uh, understand that um, I'm always going to be starting fresh, that everyone is an imposter and that uh, the label of expert is the most stultifying label that you can imagine because it means that you've stopped growing and you've ended up at some sort of local pinnacle. Um, yeah. Okay. Does doing things differently require certain skills? And if so, what are they? Um, 
I guess I would hone in on the, the word skills there and say that that's probably uh, the wrong phrase. Mm -hmm. Maybe habits is a better one. Mm -hmm. um, we could spend a long time talking about nature versus nurture. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I believe a lot of it comes down to um, having to develop um, habits of how you approach things and interact with people, um, learn things, document things, a whole host of different things. Um, so what are the habits? I think the habit would be um, to having a mode where you, you know, anyone can think differently. Uh, I'm going to hire a bus and fill it full of clowns and drive it around the city center. Um, okay, well, what, the, what the hell does that mean or say? It's definitely different, but what is the outcome? Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm very far along the way on the logical thinking way. I have a good degree uh, of, of empathy and able to communicate with people, but at the same time, a lot of my framework is a, is a fairly um, logical framework where, okay, what's the outcome? What do I hope to have happen? What's a small experiment? What's something that I can do to see if it works or does things? It still sometimes requires leaps and saying, I can't quite pin down why I want to do this thing, but I think it's going to have an interesting outcome. So let's try it. So that means that, um, so I think one of the, the, the skills would be an understanding that planning is very valuable, mm -hmm. but the plan is worthless. So okay. putting some thought into what you're doing, how it's going to work, looking at some scenarios, thinking them up, going into the right level of depth, not too deep, not too shallow. Um, and then breaking out of that saying, okay, I've got five options. I'm going to try one of them. Or I'm going to try two of them in parallel and I'm going to see what happens. And then I'll double down or I'll try something else. Um, and um, that, that mix of uh, a bit of a framework that you create for yourself, holding yourself accountable to it while it's at the same time um, leaving room from some uh, leaps of intuition or gut feeling. Okay. What are the challenges to being a maverick? Um, imposter syndrome. Okay. <laughs> In um, If you don't have any analogs to look at, you're constantly looking and testing for ways uh, you can be locked up in your own head and go like, I kind of have a good feeling about this or I've kind of thought about this, but where else do I look? Conveniently, um, the internet has a way for us to connect with people that may be following the same path literally worldwide. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's a, that's a very strong way to... Um, uh, to kind of get bolstered that you're not kind of trapped in your head well, oh wait that this is kind of related to what I'm thinking and someone's put that into words and, and that's 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 very good um, I would say another challenge is um, you can become frustrated with an environment or a process or organizations um, that haven't bought into your framework that don't see the path as clearly as you do okay. um, and um, 
literally in your head or physically getting to this thing where like, can't you see that if we do this, <laughs> but why do you know that? I don't, but that's why we're doing this small experiment to do this and having a need to be, um, around other people who have a good level of, um, needing to surround yourself with people that have a level of, uh, trust in you. And this is not, uh, a matter of unbounded trust or, or, or yes, men, but rather just like, okay, I know this is going to be a crazy wild ride, but we'll see how, like, I trust that we can make something happen with this, even if I don't understand the context today or other things like that. Okay. What aspects of your character influence your maverick approach? Um, this really interesting dichotomy between sort of extreme analytics while at the same time being very, very comfortable um, in either a broadcast mode, either speaking to people or one-on-one, -on -one, being able to empathize, mm -hmm. being able to be a bit of a chameleon and being able to um, put myself into several different um, uh, modes and communicate with people in different ways. Um, and uh, also the same dichotomy of, um, depending on how you look at it, I'm uh, an extroverted introvert or an introverted extrovert. Um, um, and, uh, meaning, um, that I can be in a mode where I'm, um, uh, projecting and highly extroverted and other things like that, but I need the balance of either a small core group of trusted people or alone time to process some things and to, to, to analyze and, and I spend actually a lot of time, I use the label, uh, infovore as in someone who consumes information. Yeah. Um, so this is not character, I would say maybe that's more on the skill side again of being able to take large amounts of information in part analytically, this, this, and this mm -hmm. are all on the same things or also leap of faith going this, this, and this are actually connected by this common theme that yeah. people haven't done before of, of synthesis and, and, um, and, and curation. Um, and, uh, I'd say optimism. Okay is another one. Uh, if you're really beat down by setbacks or other things like that, if you don't have a naturally positive outlook, then I think it can be hard to constantly be pushing up against the extra friction of doing things differently. Okay. Do you think your childhood in any way impacted on you being a maverick? Um, yes. Um... My, yes, okay. uh, I, I identify as um, German-Canadian. Both mm -hmm. of my parents are German, okay. uh, from Germany. I was born here, um, but grew up actually, in fact, speaking German first and then learning English as I went into kindergarten. Um, so I'm lucky to be sort of bilingual from step one. My parents also kept, uh, through the fairly large German population in Vancouver, uh, in essence, uh, for the most part, a German diet when I was growing up. So okay. rye bread, liverwurst, cold cuts, etc. Um, so I was the kid that was coming to school with liverwurst sandwiches. Right, okay. um, um, that was problematic and at times and other stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah. I don't like liverwurst. And it's like, no, actually I do. I just don't like being teased at school yeah. and other things yeah. like this, right? Um, so there was a bit of, of, of that aspect of inclusion, exclusion, having to uh, pretend to be Canadian um, and yet still valuing some of the German yeah. 
parts of it. Okay. Mavericks often have unusual talents. What would you say yours are? Um, I think, as I alluded to before, uh, information consumption. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read um, and retain to a level um, very quickly. Um, so um, I can very quickly get up to speed in a new area. Um, once I'm up to speed in that area, I'm, I, I can then have an intelligent conversation of, around that area with someone else. Uh, however, not being an expert or having a long, long history in that, I can also synthesize other adjacent uh, uh, experiences. Okay. How do you see rules? Um, the short answer is probably meant to be broken. So um, I, I would say actually more generally, I have a streak of uh, contrarianism um, in that if everybody is doing something, so rules, accepted wisdom, best practice, or someone that will immediately put my back up and go, well, why? Why? Also, why? Um, I guess, uh, however, um, my parents come from a strong kind of socialist labor background, and I've ended up in a very entrepreneurial business-focused track, although at the same time working with things like open source. So there's this constant sort of opposition. Uh, I think that there are really, from a socialist perspective and a societal perspective, I think there are very important rules that are important for society as a whole, and others smack of bureaucracy, and they don't have good answers for why and should be changed or circumvented. Okay. Have you always taken a maverick approach to business, or was there a particular trigger? Um, I would say that I um, slipped into it. Um, I never initially saw myself as um, a business person mm-hmm. um, and slowly came to terms with the fact that uh, whatever you're doing around generating value can be seen through a business lens. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so probably the answer is yes, but only in retrospect, and that fully ownering, owning the fact that the that I do things differently has inherent value um, has made me become comfortable with it. Okay. Are you always a maverick or do you choose to be so at times and why? Um, I think contrarianism or doing things differently uh, can frankly be exhausting and annoying to be around uh, 100% of the time. So sometimes the little voice in in the head has to say, shut the hell up and just do it this way. <laughs> okay, okay. And is that choice conscious or unconscious decision? Um, a little bit of both, and it's very situational. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, gain through experience over time. When is the right time? Is this the right battle to fight? Okay. Or not? Uh has this come up before? Oh, yeah, that was stupid and painful. Let's just do it this even way, even though it's still stupid. Okay. 
What are the advantages and disadvantages of being a maverick in business? Um, the advantages are that um, a lot of them are in retrospect. That people can go like, oh yeah, Boris, haven't you been talking about that for years? Yeah. Okay. Um, that doesn't necessarily... I told you so's don't pay the rent. Yeah. So I would say that that's the disadvantage is that if you have to spend a lot of time educating uh, that your path or direction is a good one, um, you're not going to get anywhere, which I think just reinforces the which battle do you want to fight. Okay. Are there situations where being a maverick is positively harmful? Yeah, I think, you know, talking about um, societal understanding and, and other things like that, right? Uh, rule of law, legalities, other things like that um, is probably some of the, the edge cases around there, right? So mm -hmm. there's limited areas of innovation or maverickism around, say, um, health. Mm -hmm. um, lots of ways of doing things are set in place so people don't die. Um, and uh, so uh, it's a matter of, uh, of, of balancing risk and mainly it's going to be areas of, you know, financial risk or reputational risk or time risk or something like that. Has age and experience altered your approach? Uh, yes. So what I s said before that it's mm -hmm. a conscious decision is you have to understand uh, the group, the context, uh, your uh, position and role and other things like that within it. Um, and I was much more trigger happy mm -hmm. before in voicing opinions and pounding the table and other things like that. And I think I've learned um, to more fully understand the context um, um, and um, not quite going off half-cocked anymore. Okay. What aspects of your life are you most and least maverick in? Um, uh, most, I would say, um, that I'm not overly concerned about the context uh, or I've, of my current day job. I have a very high tolerance for uncertainty mm -hmm. and for trust relationships that aren't necessarily highly contractual where I don't know what's going to happen in six months or a year and I'm okay with that, mm -hmm. uh, trusting that things will work them way one, one way or another. Um, least. Uh, I guess the flip side of that is that I'm least maverick about um, personal finance and other things like that and that um, um, yeah I'm not necessarily prone to taking a lot of, uh, of risks or big moves there. I'm okay. not even saying, I'm not, I'm not sure if that's even the correct way of saying it, but that's the best okay. I can come up with. And in your business, most and least maverick? Um, 
Uh, in business, I would say um, willing to try anything on an experiment. Um, it literally as a way of 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 being okay with an investment of time or money uh, as learning something and having having some sort of outcome that that has a value that well how are you going to make money with that not worried about it I'm going to learn this lesson that I mm-hmm. think will apply in a much larger way um, least maverick uh, I'm actually going to go to this I think this is what I'm trying to hint at with some of the finance stuff what I've mm-hmm. really found that um, you need a lot of discipline and you need, for instance, your accounting and your books done correctly. Yeah. Yeah. And I've surrounded myself with both systems and techniques where that's just taken care of okay. and absolutely sort of tip top. Okay. How do you balance being a mother with home life? Um, I think that fits along with extrovert and introvert. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, that uh, at home is my recharge time. Um, So um, I do uh, do the vast majority of the cooking Mm -hmm. uh, at home. Uh, And in general, um, I like the fact uh, that I have a partner who wants to plan and guide a bunch of activities for us Mm -hmm. and wants to do things, and I'm happy to... Um, take a role where I'm like whatever you want to do I'm up for anything okay. uh, sort of uh, sort of thing so home is a safe place where I don't have to make too many decisions okay is any part of being a maverick related to the legacy you want to leave behind um I'm Looking, I think the mark that I'm trying to make is is on 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 people and, shall we say, communities of interest in in different ways. I'm okay. not terribly concerned with it being ascribed back to me, mm-hmm. um, but rather that I've interacted with people. Um, and had an effect and been able to change their way of, of thinking or get them out of a rut and, and, and help unlock them and head that direction that if they think back, they can go, oh yeah, that was a great experience okay. with Boris and that got me really moving in an interesting direction. direction. Okay, yeah. wow. How much, if anything, of being a maverick is related to give, give back, giving back? Um... A pr- Probably a hundred percent. I think in the, um, you know, if, if the context is being a maverick in business, um, I really suck at thinking about outcomes which involve a pile of gold at the end if yeah. the path along to it is uninteresting. Mm. Um, I literally cannot force myself to do things that are easy to do and a defined thing. I'd want to find someone to hand that off oh, to yeah. in, in order to, to execute on, oh, great, that's the money-making whatever sort of thing. So uh, it, it, it is actually all about uh, impact. Okay. How do your ethics and values impact on your being a maverick, do you think? 
Um, I talk about interacting with people um, that uh, I get along well with that seem to have what I just label as the common sense gene. Um, and related to this, the same common sense gene seems to uh, rely on a sort of a common framework for thinking about values and ethics. Why do we even have to discuss that? That's clearly not the right thing to do. Um, and um, I think of myself as an ethical person who has certain values that um, absolutely match um, how and why I do things and, and okay. the impact that I want to see. Okay. Mavericks tend to be risk takers. What's the biggest risk you've taken in business to date? Um, I would have to say that um, when uh, Danny Robinson and I founded uh, Boot Up Labs, which was the first seed accelerator in Canada. Sorry, what was it called? Boot Up Labs. Boot Up Labs. Yes. Okay. Um, perhaps we overbalanced on the side of maverickism. Um, I just told this story last night, actually, um, where we kind of knew that this was the right thing to do or had a gut instinct that it was the right timing, and we, so, so we set about like bringing it into the world. Um, we put together a, a small group of investors and kind of did one round and had very encouraging results and so we're going bigger and we didn't <coughs> dot all our I's and cross all of our T's mm -hmm. <coughs> um, um, so it kind of worked in round one and in round two um, we actually uh, at the end of the day fell short in committed funding and um, had to from an initial saying that we were going to support uh and fund eight companies that we could actually only afford to do four. Okay. Um, and that caused all sorts of, of, of issues and was a huge risk. Uh, okay. In retrospect, um, one of the companies that we funded in that cohort um, was a team that we brought in from Romania, which was risky as well. We weren't sure that we could keep them here in the country. Mm -hmm. that, that company ended up uh, going on to be acquired by Twitter. Um, Why? And okay. today is the Twitter IPO. Um, so what that... What does IPO mean? Uh, initial public offering. Okay. Um, which means that that investment that the Boot Up Labs fund did in that company translate into publicly traded stock. Okay. So it was a huge risk. We actually paid the penalty of that risk and we were not able to continue as Boot Up Labs. And yet, by doing... By going through that path, we were still able to make good outcomes happen for some of those people. Wow. How many ventures have you taken um, in the past five years? Um, it, this, is, this is me mentally counting under my breath, and it depends, okay. it depends on how you count in venture. I don't 
tend to think in ventures. I tend to think in projects. That's fine. Some people are using <coughs> ventures yeah. if they're CEO for a number of companies. But if they've got one company, they're saying, well, can I count my projects? So, I would say even broader than that, in that some of the, the, the community things, I wouldn't count as businesses, but they have an impact in and of themselves. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Um, so that would be 2008, right? Somewhere between four and ten, depending on how much you count. Okay. What would you consider the characteristics of a successful venture or project? Um, As in the Boris Mann. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I understand. Um, uh, That I've learned something, um, that I've enjoyed the process along the way. My overarching thing is that the opportunity to work with um, in, uh, with great people on interesting projects. Okay. Um, so uh, I don't sign up. So it's the process of those yeah. those those ventures that I focus on. So mm-hmm. I'm very process focused or oriented in the time going through it. The outcomes are not important. Anything that is that. The process of I'm not enjoying, I'm going to exit from. Okay. So of the ventures that you've done, what percentage were successful? How many were successful, according to that definition? Well, according to that de- definition, 100%. I just okay. stop one and, go, and, and move on to something else if it's not successful. Okay. So what did you do that makes that venture successful then? Um, understanding role, context, shared outcomes, understanding my role... Um, you're not always um, the CEO or in a position of power f- from company to clients or, or other stuff like that. Um, so a good thorough understanding of, of team, shared outcomes and all these other things together is, uh, um, um, is necessary if you have any hope of being successful. Okay. Have you ever done any projects that were unsuccessful? Um, yes. Um, but again, I define, um, failure as something that you learn from, uh, as well. Okay. Um, I'd have, yeah. Um, so what would be the main reason you would define those projects as failures? Um, Being stuck in a context where you had misalignment of roles, goals, and other things like that. Okay. Where um, the realization dawning that I'm not in the right place with the right people, people. working on the right things. Okay. Um, and that the next thing then is like, okay, you know, attempting to take steps to clarify or fix those things or realizing that it's not going to work and needing to move on. Okay. As a maverick, what are you afraid of? Um, Being uh, letting people down, Mm -hmm. um, losing trust, um, and uh, just really being seen or regarded as 
way too out there, thus making whatever I want to work on just simply too hard. Okay. How important is team to you as an athlete? Um, super important. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking for people um, that I can rely on who have their own set of skills. I'm most frustrated if I'm working with people who need a high level of support and management. I like to come together as a team and set high-level goals and Mm -hmm. have everyone bring different skills to the table and execute. Um, um, And again, having this two-way trust that we're going to do what we're going to say to do and Mm. and have the abilities and needs to, to, to do that. Okay. Do you draw upon other fabrics in any way? Um, yes. Um, I think you're constantly looking to go into mode of quick information transfer mm-hmm. and, and uh, look for ways that people are thinking differently to compare and contrast against your view of the world mm-hmm. and um, getting sustenance and energy from passion around similar areas or similar thoughts or confirmations. This applies to both in person and being able to read and interact with people uh, online all over the world in your specific area. Does being a maverick affect your approach to leadership? Um, I think that everyone wishes that they could go to the shelf and pull down um, the IBM Big Book of Management um, to look for tips from. Um, I think on the minus side, we sometimes don't take the easy route of like, no, no, this is just the right way of doing things. Um, so it makes leadership more difficult. Uh, and on the other hand, you sometimes get to do things differently and having a leap that has outsized, um, returns with the, with the venture that you're leading. Okay. Is being a maverick related to creativity? Um, it is um, I think it's a combination of not just creativity because then we'd have to define what the hell that means but um, taking lessons, pattern recognition making leaps of intuition between different things Mm -hmm. and being able to on the fly collate the situation and say well what if we did X, Y and Z and applying that with the common sense gene where you're not saying let's put clowns in a bus and drive them around, but you're doing something that is actually fairly close to the mark and people say, how did you put those pieces together? together. I just thought of it. Okay. What about innovation? How does Maverick, being a Maverick... Same thing. Same so thing. so this is... So, again, uh, innovation is unfortunately an overused word. Yeah. Um, and uh, creativity is probably a better one. Um, innovation means... Um, Hell, I don't know how to. I'd, I'd almost correlate innovation very strongly with with being a maverick. Mm-hmm. Um, you can innovate in a number of different ways. As a technologist, you can innovate and make a leap and make changes in technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, a very this, one of the smartest technologists that I know the other day said to me, "I want to innovate around our business model just as much as we've innovated around yes. the technology." So you can choose which areas to innovate around, and the current state of the world. Um, will make certain things easier or harder. And, of course, you need to slightly lead what the mass market is. Otherwise, anybody can be doing it. Okay. 
Are there any career choices that you regret as it relates to your potential as a maverick? Um, going to university was a colossal waste of time. <laughs> okay. Okay. What did you do at university? Um, so I originally went to university as a marine biologist, um, which in my head... Um, was swimming with dolphins in various exotic South Pacific locations. Think, yeah. um, so then going through the process of, of, of doing undergraduate biology courses, it was all memorization. Mm-hmm. And nothing of, of, of substance and reach was being done that wasn't any... And, and memorization is very easy for me. Uh, and yet at the same time, why don't I just look this up on the internet if I need to know it? Yeah. Um, and I couldn't see myself doing memorization for four years just to get through to being at the end of an undergrad degree, which I would then possibly be able to start doing new things or try different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I went on to specialize in computer science. Uh, I was lucky enough to go through a co-op program at the University of Victoria, which means that you, you uh, did work terms as well as academic terms. Okay. Um, if I had not had the co-op terms... I would not have made it through university, not just from okay. a financial perspective, but literally from a, why the hell am I here? Yeah. I met other people who um, were in a similar situation uh, to me, um, you know, uh, five, six years after university, who were um, uh, a decade or so younger than I that um, had either dropped out of college or routed around it completely. And I felt that they were much farther ahead right. in certain areas um, that I was really literally constrained by the academic environment mm-hmm. by, um, um, yeah. Thank you. Is there anyone who's a maverick that inspires you? Uh, I feel like it's a complicated answer because it's probably sort of a huge list mm-hmm. um, in that I'm always looking for um, new people of whatever acclaim or non-acclaim to be inspired by okay. and learn from. Um, and um, I think probably the one that's maybe top of mind today um, is... Um, I'll mention two, actually. One is a young peer of mine, Andre Pop, um, who, he's 24-ish, um, has a political science degree, uh, taught himself to program, uh, taught himself to design, and is great as a business person kind of hustling and marketing and is this triple threat. Okay. Um, and has gone on to be funded by Silicon Valley uh, investors to do a really big idea called Human API to integrate all of these different wearable devices and other sensor networks okay. into one single API that other developers can build on top of and do even more interesting things with. Okay. What API stand for? Uh, application programming interface, okay. a way of interconnecting different programs and websites on the internet. Okay. Um, there's probably a better definition that I can okay. link you to. Who's the... Uh, on, Andre okay. Pop is that one. The other person would be, at the other extreme, is Elon Musk, uh, who's looked upon very widely. He's the creator of Tesla. Uh, Tesla. Yeah. Uh, 
SpaceX and a bunch of other really big ideas that he's just gone ahead and done seemingly sometimes by pure force of will and doesn't seem to be stopping soon. He doesn't know yet, but I'm going to interview him. Yeah. Who is someone in your life that makes all the difference? Um, I really couldn't do this without having a good grounding at home. So uh, my partner, Rachel, um, she's a full-time artist. She's highly creative. Um, and um, in, an, in a very different level um, that, you know, I think that um, uh, in terms of creativity... I have creativity and channeled in certain ways, but around art and other things like that, I have an appreciation for it, but am not particularly good at it myself. And so being around Rachel um, and the very real art that she's creating, uh, having someone that I can cook for and be appreciated for in a very different context that I can be myself with, um, that, like I said, is that is that both grounding by while, while still being pushed and pulled in different areas of my brain around creativity and going to galleries and, uh, and, and those areas that, that has limited to, to zero intersection of what I'm tasked to be with in my public or business life. Okay. What do you have to suffer because you're a maverick? Um, sometimes it really is. You're like, hey, can't there be a straighter path to this? <laughs> Aren't there easier steps in between? Um, um, yeah. So a, a lot of it is very internal because if you're trying to do something different and you can't find anyone else and you're convinced it's still the right path, mm -hmm. it's very hard to keep the level of energy that you need to keep yourself going. Okay. What motivates you as a mother? Um, able to have an impact, a leap or a bound and then getting excited that other people share mm -hmm. your excitement and being able to see that this leap or bound puts other things within reach and thinking that you could do that next leap or bound. Okay. Do you like being a maverick? Um, I don't know any other way to be is the, 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 the easy answer. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that you that it just goes with positive outlook at the end of the day, okay. um, and that it's an ingrained part of my character. Okay, is being a maverick important, and why? Um, we have a lot of challenges ahead of us. And um, if everything that we did across the world was just set on rails and had a straight path, yeah. all of them would be pointing over a cliff at this point. Okay. Um, and uh, so I think that uh, we need people to ask the whys and jump off the rails to look for other directions for us to go. Okay. On a scale of 1 to 10, how maverick are you? Um... 7.5. Okay. What advice would you give to someone who feels they're a maverick so that they can ensure that they can be as good as maverick as they could possibly be? 
um, make artifacts. Mm -hmm. Your biggest challenge is going to be when you have one of your occasional pauses is to be able to look backward and try and make sense of the path and really reflect on, because you'll lose track of those yeah. leaps that you've made. Yeah. So when I say artifact, so I do that very strongly. Mm. Uh, I have a link blog. I've been blogging for 10 years. Um, um, you know, I haven't done much in the way of recordings or other things like mm -hmm. that. Writing and getting it out there. Um, and so that one of the ways that I sometimes do is I will search my own archive or I use, right. or I use Evernote very strongly to keep notes on all sorts of things. Okay. And if you don't make an effort to get things out of your head, um, then it will be very hard for you, um, to make a building block that you can go to the next level on. I think one of the biggest insights that I've had, um, is that people who are in this mode will initially do various point things that are like quick burning spikes. Like mm -hmm. I'm going to get some people together. I'm going to do an event. I'm going to have 200 people and it's going to be great. And that's great. But unless you plan, let's do this event for three years, or I'm going to do this event that will then lead on to mm -hmm. using those group of people to do this next thing and in investing and growing that you'll, you'll constantly look back and you've burnt a lot of kindling, but you haven't, you know, gone to that next step and, and have something to do. So, um, figure out a framework of how you're going to do building blocks rather than just point in time flashes. Okay. Final question. What would you like to have been asked that I haven't asked you? Um, I think, um, I think there's probably more to be said um, about work-life goals, uh, work-life balance, uh, about balance, mm -hmm. um, and um, so that area in general is an area for for questioning. Um, maybe the other one is um, something around self-identification. 